So welcome to another episode of Discovering Disabilities in Dearborn. As always, I'm Ali Darwish. My name is Rashad Al-Ghul. And today we're going to have a special conversation with Jamila and Hassan about Down syndrome. So uh, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you do? Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, my name is uh, Jamila Serini. Um, I'm a third year medical student and I'm a mom and a wife and that's, that's about me. <laughs> hey, my name is Hassan Ayoub. I'm an engineer, electrical engineer, and I guess I just, oh, a dad for a year. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So today we're going to have a very open conversation about a disability that's quite common uh, and it needs more attention in our community. Um, and we really appreciate you guys being on here and taking the time out of your day to talk about a personal topic like this. So I just wanted to preface that. So just jumping into the conversation, could you tell us a little bit about your son who I believe recently turned one year? Yeah, it was yesterday. yesterday. was his first birthday. Nice. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you. Happy birthday to him. And what's, what's his name? Haidar. Haidar, okay. So Haidar, take us back to when Haidar was first born or when you first found out that Haidar had Down syndrome, how was that like and when was that? So um, when we found out Haidar had Down syndrome, we had done prenatal testing to find out like the gender of the baby. We wanted to have a party like everybody else. <laughs> and it came back, um, I think it was 90% positive for Down syndrome. So these tests have a very high um, predictive value. Like they're very, like for Down syndrome especially. Um, but we kept the hope in the 10%. So throughout like the pregnancy, we had to have a lot like a more um, ultrasounds and things like that. And we had to have like an echo. Some things came back abnormal, some things came back normal. Um, at one point we were transferred to U of M and then um, at U of M we repeated some tests and alhamdulillah like certain things like came back normal and stuff. And we were just kind of being watched and stuff and we just had like 90% yes, 10% no. So it was hard. It was hard for both of us. It wasn't like, it wasn't easy at all. Um, especially because we didn't know. And I think not knowing was like the worst part of it. And then when he was born and um, they first put him on me, that's when I like, I, I, my mom was with me and Hazan was with me. And my mom was like, my mom was on the phone. She's like, eh, but I'm a med student, so I I know the features. And I was like, no, mama, he has Down syndrome. So alhamdulillah, he was very healthy. He had no issues with his heart, no issues with like um, his brain, no issues with any of the other common issues that would come up with um, kids that have trisomy 21. He did not have them. So alhamdulillah, we were very like thankful for that. Um, but of course there was like bumps in the road and certain things that like, came up, but like, um, Nothing that like um, made him sick. So, yeah. So since you mentioned trisomy 21, do you mind just delving a little bit into the physiology behind that and like the underlying issue on a physiological level about Down syndrome? Yeah. So basically we all have chromosomes and um, so we have um, 46 um, pairs of chromosomes. And um, so chromosome 21, basically it gets um, copied like three times. So he has like three of the same chromosome and that extra chromosome causes like certain like different symptoms in like the baby. There is like many different ways you can get Down syndrome. 
Um, the most common way is just a spontaneous mutation that nobody knows why it happened. It just happened in utero for like whatever reason, like when the egg and sperm came together, that chromosome got copied three times. Another way is a translocation where you can already have it in your chromosomes, like mom or dad, and they can give it like to the baby. And um, the third way was um, the mosaic, yeah, which is like, um, I think it's like basically you have like the, like the third chromosome is between the two. So those kids or people usually have um, a very like, like less symptoms than like the um, translocation or the spontaneous mutation. So with Haidar, um, he had a karyotype at birth and it was a spontaneous mutation. So, um, but with us, like um, Hassan's sister, um, Hiba, she is 25 years old and she has Down syndrome. So everybody thought that like we were carrying some sort of like on his on, on Hassan's part, like we were carrying a mutation or something, but we weren't. Her um, Down syndrome is spontaneous and our son also, it's a, it's a spontaneous mutation. So um, that was a little difficult to like explain to people, but um, yeah. Okay, and if you want to talk about your experience, uh, Hassan, with uh, when you found out your side of the story and when he was born, how that felt? So, I guess my side, when I found out, Jamili called me up to the room. She said the doctor called me, and then as soon as she said that, I'm like, there's something wrong. So, she talked to us, and she told us that he has Down syndrome. So, my parents were over at that time, so... I guess we wanted to try and keep it in a little bit until we kind of confirmed that it is a problem. So we stayed up there a little bit. We talked about it. And I guess once we calmed down a little bit, we went down and went by normal. But it was tough. Maybe a little when he was born, I guess my reaction compared to Jamili's and in general, I, was, I took it a little easier, I would say, just because I have the experience with my sister. So... I kind of knew a little bit what to expect, but it's not the same when it's your son, I guess. It was a little harder, and I did have to go through a lot of emotions to like kind of understand and uh, like come to terms that he has Down syndrome. And the fact that, like Jamili said, we weren't really sure yet because he didn't have any of the, in the ultrasounds, nothing was showing up. A few things showed up here and there, but they would say that that's stuff that could show up in any regular ultrasound. So we never really got that 100% that he does have it until the day he was born. So that whole process, I guess, was a little tough too, the not making sure. They did give us the option to do amniocentesis, amniocentesis but they said that there's a small risk the baby can, something could go with the baby. And they said the only reason you would do that is to like, if you want to have an abortion or something, yeah, like to make sure that to know. he has it and then you can go for an abortion. And that wasn't really an option for us. So Could you explain what that is? I guess I'll leave that to Jamila. <laughs> um, so they basically like, yeah, like a needle and they just take some like fluid from the placenta. And then like um, from the placenta, you could know like the chromosomes of, um, it's like the genetic makeup of the placenta, which usually matches up with the baby. So there is like a very, very, very small chance that the placenta and the baby don't match so usually this is a test that people would do to conform confirm any like genetic uh disability like down syndrome trisomy 18 there's a bunch of different like genetic disorders that can be confirmed with this test yeah so it's kind of like a biopsy in a way 
similar? Uh, not really, but like. Yeah, because it's not the same. Like yeah. It's, it's the placenta. That yeah, yeah. It's okay. like fluid. It's like yeah. the baby's fluid. Yeah. Yeah. The more you know. But I'm like, I'm like trying to explain it in like a, like a simplistic. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. No, but I think we had a pretty deep discussion of like the physiological underpinning of yeah. Down syndrome. And we appreciate your yeah. medical knowledge. Yeah. Thank you. I'm. I'm. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but they said the care wouldn't change for the baby yeah, if so. we found out. The only thing they really get out of that is if the parents decide to go the abortion route. So Yeah, or or if that. or if the parents just really want to yeah. know. But, like, we didn't want to do anything that could put him um, at any harm. So with everything comes risks. They're very small risks, but everything has risks. So we didn't want to deal with any of those risks. So we chose not to do it. Okay, yeah. So, um uh, I'm hearing a lot of knowledge, right? Uh, and it seems like you guys know a lot. Uh, can we talk about kind of like the knowledge shift? I know you said you have a sister with Down syndrome. Uh, can we talk about like the knowledge shift of what or how you guys viewed Down syndrome or how much you knew about it before, you know, having Haidar and now uh, one year after having Haidar? Yeah, yeah no, the, there's a big difference. Like, well, between me and my sister, we're only, I think, four years apart or five years apart. So I was very young during the early stages, but like you could see a big difference between like the, how my parents went by it and how we went by it, especially with the amount of resources we have now, like online and just pages on social media, just find trick, finding stuff out. Like old times, they didn't really have those options. So it was a lot harder for my parents to like find stuff to do and like so my sister was really, and she was raised. She was raised for a good portion of her life in Lebanon too. So that was a little different because there's not. It's even harder there to get resources. But yeah, I mean, there's a there's a big gap with knowledge. She also had to have heart surgery. That's true. So yeah. like there were different things in her career that were different. Like we were very blessed that like um, Haider did not have a lot of um, like. I don't want to say features, but like things that would be associated with like Down syndrome. Like um, the most common thing is uh, AVSD, which is a hole in the heart. And that's like one of like the biggest things, like almost like I don't I don't know the, the statistic, but a lot of kids with Down syndrome are born with that. So our son didn't have that. Like he has a small hole and cardiology said, oh, we don't have to see him till two years. And that was like 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 Best that was the biggest ever. blessing yeah for us um so he never had to have any like surgeries well i mean he just had surgery for like um getting like ear tubes and uh he had a closed tear duct and things like that like very small things that um any other child could have had so so we were blessed that he was healthy yeah and then with i guess with the knowledge too that the fact that jamila too knows a lot about the stuff through her i guess her education she was able to like get the the doctors to do stuff they didn't want to do. Like we well, had a lot of pushback. Yeah, well, I wouldn't really say that's like from my education. That was just like nights and nights <laughs> on Google. <laughs> well, yeah. be careful from Google because like Google can like really like, you know, like make things seem a lot worse than they are. And and throughout my whole pregnancy, like I mean, like, OK, through medical books, like I'm sure anyone who is like undergoing medical training right now can know like, OK, trisomy 21, AVSD um, and then like a few like facial facial features and like, oh, that's the test question. And that's it. You know, like we don't have to know. Like so. But when I like found out there's a chance I was reading like 
articles and articles and finding bloggers and finding moms that have like kids with this type of disability and like what do I need to do and how can I make them like like I don't want him to be the best but be the best that he can be you know like what do I need to do to help him so all that came from just like like my own like research and and just you know just asking people to and things like that so I think that goes back to the knowledge shift that Rashad was mm -hmm. talking about. I think whenever anything happens to us, if we get a sunburn or anything, I, I talk about that because um, I probably have a sunburn right now. <laughs> but whenever we have a sunburn or, or any problem that we face, we go through uh, many different articles, we read different things, let alone if you have a child with a given condition mm -hmm. or a disability. So I think that touches on the, the uh, knowledge part and the gain of knowledge through uh, experiencing that firsthand. Um, and on the topic of resources, you mentioned how you guys search up a lot of resources. Do, do any resources come to your mind immediately when, when you think about Down syndrome? Anything you can think about in um, our community, either in our Dearborn community or any Dearborn or any pages, any social media pages or anything of that sort? So I'm gonna be very honest, nothing that really comes from the Dearborn community. There are things available in the Dearborn community, but it's very minimal. Also, it's not for people like who um, have babies. It's not like um, for people who are newly diagnosed. So, um, so that was kind of tough to find resources within the community. Um, specific names, I don't really have specific names because I just, I'm telling you, like I can't even remember because it was just like so Everything much. And anywhere. Yeah, and anywhere. anything I could get my hands on, I had to like, I read and I like, you know, so. Um, I don't, I don't have any specific things. And actually that's like one thing that, um, I feel like we need in this community. Um, even like, I, I feel like I'm diverging a little bit, but like, even when I was trying to ask people like, what's the best district for kids with disabilities? It wasn't Dearborn. Yeah. And it's sad, you know, because we just have so much great, like we have a lot of great people. We have a lot of great things. We have a lot of great centers but we just don't have like a lot of like things for people with disabilities or families with, with kids with disabilities. So, um, yeah. I think that's the thing that we're trying to touch on with our organization as a whole. This podcast is just part of the bigger picture of DREAM, the, dis the Disabilities Research Education and Advocacy Movement. Um, so as the name great. implies, we're trying to do research, we're trying to educate and empower the community. And I think having a podcast like this where it's a full hour or so dedicated to talking about Down syndrome could come a long way for either a parent expecting to have a mm -hmm. child with Down syndrome mm -hmm. or or anyone wanting anyone. to learn about the yeah, topic. For sure, yeah. Yeah. So for sure, yeah. though we don't have many resources right now, I think what you guys are doing right now is amazing. And inshallah, like if we can get more episodes like this with different disabilities and, and different uh, conditions that we can talk about, I think it'll go a long way yeah. in terms of resources. Yeah, no, what you guys are doing is great. Like when I first heard about it, I was like, I was like, finally, finally like yeah. something, something like someone wants to talk about this and um, not like not to like be making excuses or anything. But like I, I want to be like a part of change, you know, and I want to do something, especially because like this is something that is important in my family. But um, I don't have like the time to to devote it to it yet. But it is one thing that like I do want to do in the future. And like I just I say, like, hopefully I can get to like be able to do something where like people in different communities want to come here because we're so good with 
with this kind of stuff. So, actually, that that brings up another question uh, about you as a physician or an aspiring physician. How do you feel like having a child with Down syndrome and uh, you know having a, a husband with your sister-in-law having having Down syndrome as well informs your your future practice as a physician, if at all. So um, actually, it, it has to do with part of the reason why I want to do family medicine, because um, I just I, I feel like people with uh, disabilities, kids or like grown up people, um, have different needs, and um, like as a physician, you have to do that research on the side. Like you're not going to learn this in school, and like during rotations or during your. Um, residency training and stuff if you don't come across like kids with disabilities or people with disabilities you're not gonna you're not gonna learn this stuff you know and um so like i feel like later on like i would incorporate into i would incorporate that into my practice like um just just knowing like what the needs are for these kinds of people these kinds of kids and you know just like just using that to like advocate for them and just have more resources for parents. Like I could give you a lot of examples right now. So like with Haidar, he has um, hypotonia, so low muscle tone, and that comes with having Down syndrome. His isn't that severe, but um, I went to his pediatrician and I was like, I want to start physical therapy. How old was he? three months like i think months. and she was like no it's too early like we don't do that now like we have to wait and i was like no we're gonna do it now and she was like um she was like she she saw how persistent i was she was like okay fine i'll give you the referral and she did and i got an appointment with a the physical therapist i took him to physical therapy and then she was like i'm glad you brought him now because i i see so many things that i could do with him that like now is the time to do and if you would have waited we won't see the same result and when we went in, I was like, I was like, when do they typically sit up? And she was like, 18 months. And I was like, well, my goal is for him to sit up at his first birthday. And he did. Like, so like, I just feel like there's so much we can do and there's so much that we can change in the narrative of like people with disabilities. We just like need to advocate. And um, that's just like part of what we're doing as parents. Yeah. Like even yeah. like speech therapy. They yeah, didn't want to give that to me. <laughs> they didn't want to give like I think there was there's physical, occupational, yeah. speech therapy are the three therapies that he's in, but none of them they would just say yes as soon as we said we wanted, or they didn't even bring it up themselves. Yeah, like if I didn't know, like, like yeah, Jamili had to tell them. Yeah, like, how about speech? How about occupational? So I then they would say, okay, we'll send in a referral. Even like but, audiology, like um, at six months, every kid with Down syndrome needs to have a hearing test. She didn't bring that up. Her six month at the six month visit, I gave her her chance, but she didn't. And I was like, "Don't we need a hearing test?" She's like, "Oh yeah, we can get one." I was like, "No, we need to get one." You know, like this is things that these kids need because for them to like thrive in the future, they they need this stuff. So I just I feel like also like seeing a lot of like these bloggers in different communities, like within like Michigan, obviously, in different like richer communities. And they have these like physical therapists and occupational therapists that come to their house and do all these things with their kids. And I know everybody's narrative is different, but I was just like, why, why do our kids not get this care? Like, why, why can't we change that? Like, why can't we demand that they get this stuff? So, I, I think yeah. that's very beautiful what you guys are doing and like how you're setting a new precedent for uh, future parents who may be experiencing the same barriers or may not know that 
uh, their kid could receive certain forms of therapy at a certain age. And now that that physician knows that, you know, your kid could go to physical therapy yeah. at that age, they might be less reluctant to refer uh, exactly. a few uh, other other individuals with Down syndrome or any other problem mm -hmm. uh, for physical therapy and the like. Um, just real quickly, I want to shout out a couple organizations that came to mind. I think uh, Blue Hands United is one other organization in our community that's doing a lot of amazing work. Uh, we've shouted them out before, but they deserve uh, additional recognition. Another organization a bit far away, but also in Lebanon since it came up, is the NUID, the National Union for Intellectual Disabilities. It's an NGO in Lebanon, and they support individuals with intellectual disabilities. So I just wanted to shout them out. I've, quickly. Yeah, I've heard of I've heard of both um, organizations, and um, from Blue Hands uh, United, I've talked to her name is Mona. She's very active. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mona's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. So she 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 talked to me a little bit and stuff. Um, but my understanding was they do more things with autism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a very autism focused, and yeah. we plan on having an episode with them soon. Yeah. Uh, but just the idea of, of disability advocacy yeah. is, is still it's there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's yeah. the first step. I feel like the lack of knowledge, like bringing out the knowledge and letting people know about it is the first step for people to start looking into it and accepting it and being like, okay, yes, we need to do something. So it is a good step. But I did want to say something about a lot of the organizations, not nobody specific, but what I've seen through my sister, whether, because she also lived in New York for a while. So she was in some programs in New York, she's in a program here. One thing I wanted to bring out, like a lot of these programs focus on just giving, having a good time for the kids, like taking them out to movies or like taking them shopping or that's good exposure to the community and so on. But I feel like there's a lack in like working on their skills, like trying to get them to do something for their future. That's something that I haven't seen any organization work on. It's mostly like, okay, bring in the kids, let them have a good time like give the parents a break and that's it. Like, it's not like come bring them in, teach them hands-on skills, see what their potential is and like work on that. That's that's something that they, I haven't seen anywhere, whether I've Lebanon, New York and or Lebanon, there's a There's I a have. bakery operated oh, by yeah, um, women and men that have Down syndrome. And I thought it was amazing because they like they work and they make the food and they sell it. And I don't know if it's still going on. I saw it at one point, but um, I think that's amazing. Like they they have so much to give, like whether it be Hassan's sister or my son that I've only known for a year <laughs> or any other person that I've met with a disability they, when given the resources, they have a lot to give and to offer. Yeah, they so. have a lot of potential. But yeah, we, they do need time and effort to bring that out. So that's what I feel like a lot of organizations don't focus on. Hopefully, I, will, I mean, we'll get there. I f it's a good step. Yes. So I, I do agree with that statement. Um, my sister also has Down syndrome. She's a little bit older than me. So um, I didn't get to see like a lot of the things that she did in the beginning of her life because I wasn't born. Um, <laughs> but uh, but she did do Head Start. She did, did the Head Start program and uh, they didn't have anything specific for uh, you know, kids with disabilities. Uh, I don't know if that changed at all, but she was with like the... Didn't change. Didn't change. <laughs> no, because we asked about it already, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So uh, she did that, and then she went to a school called How. They were um, they were next to where Boma is, mm -hmm. uh, Boma, Oakwood. Uh, they, I think they relocated. Um, but yeah, she went there. I thought it was a, you know, a good school. She was having a good time there. But when I really started to see change with 
you know, social skills and, and just everyday skills was when she got to high school, she was at Etzel Ford um, and she'd be at Etzel Ford for half a day. And then this was towards like the later years, yeah. you know, junior mm-hmm. and senior year. She'd be at Etzel Ford half the day and then she'd go to the Michael Berry Career Center for the other half of the day. And uh, they take them on these field trips where it was like, like they had to use their own money to buy things. Like for example, yeah, they go great. on a trip to Target. That's fun for them. They're going on yeah. a field trip kind of, you know. Um, they use money to buy certain things. Obviously, it was nothing like crazy, you know, no TVs, no, nothing like high value yeah. and stuff like that. But um, a lot of essentials, too. You know, they tell them, bring a shopping list with you yeah. uh, and, and see what kind of essentials you want to buy. And they'd let them, you know, take them to the register, uh, scan them and, and pay for them, you know. So that was helping with uh, dealing with others if it wasn't self-scan, which I'm pretty sure it wasn't self-scan because that would be too complicated, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at least until they learn how to use it. But um they do that and then uh and also with counting money you know yeah. but after that i that, that just completely That's disappeared right. i exactly. know we've had covid yeah you know but yeah. still like well, that that just completely yeah. disappeared covid yeah. is just you an know? excuse right. because nothing before covid for the adult life there's nothing there like we looked a lot because um when his parents were moving from new york to um michigan so like in New York, there wasn't like any, like don't think like I'm saying that it was better there or anything, but we were trying to find something here in Michigan, you know? And I was like, maybe we could find something even better than what she had there. It's all the same thing. Like yeah. she goes to the center. I went and saw it. It's not even that nice. It's like a garage. Like I don't understand why people with disability like have to have the less, you know? And um, they just sit there. They do different kind of things. They have like art class. Um, like some, 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 of, some of the people get employed, but some of them don't. And if you're not employed, you're just wasting time. Like you're, they're just getting you out of the house. They get money for it, like from the government. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure they're using the money to the best that they can. But there is a, there is a gap. There's there is a lack. A lack. Yeah, there's, like there's a gap in yeah. what they can do for the, yeah. the children or the adults. Well, the adults mostly. Mostly I think, the adults. Yeah. But I feel like if you start at the younger age working on those skills, like usually younger age, what they're doing with them is just watching movies like i said but if you start early with those skills like have them i don't know like work at stores like at 15 14 16 like just go and see and like they'll learn and they'll reach the adult stage where they have an they have some knowledge but right now it's like playing around adults and then they want to start having them work I feel like there's a gap there. So you think like early exposure to real life skills yeah. Yeah. is like, an important because thing. I mean it's known they they have when it comes to education there's gonna be a gap like yeah. most likely that's known. So since we know that like we can start focusing on other stuff on and other see things, where yeah. their potential is like you they can do anything. I've seen people with disabilities be engineers be like you could see stories i know those are just highlighting the good parts but yeah it can happen so why not start them early yeah and and it's all about like actualizing their potential and allowing them to reach their full potential yeah and i really like how you guys set goals for for haidar uh like you said the typical age for them for him to sit would be 18 months and you try to bring that down to 12 months and not limiting his potential yeah. and th- this is something that we try to bring out in this podcast actualizing each individual's own potential so i just wanted to highlight that yeah. and, and uh, make it known because it's a very it's a very good point any other goals that you guys have for haidar in the future so we we obviously like we ha- we have a lot of like i mean i could i could go on with a huge list of goals for you <laughs> like of what my i want my son to be you know 
But at the end of the day, we just want him to be the best that he can be with what, uh, with what, everything Allah gave him. We want him to be able to use that to be the most self-sufficient he can. And and we're just there to like to like back him up, you know. We're just there to 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 just just fill in those parts that that he can't ha- he can't do on his own. Um, I, I I can't sit here and tell you like, oh, my goal is for him to be a doctor, you know, because that's not a real goal. Would I want that? I would love that, you know. But so yeah, I mean, I if, that if makes he sense. He had the with, potential yeah. to get there. Sure. We'll yeah, support we're, we're going to support him, of but course. Like, like she said, there's no goal like to be something specific or do something specific. But we're going to push him throughout to do whatever we can see him doing. Exactly. So it's and. I mean, I can tell every parent out there that has a kid or is expecting a kid with disability, start as early as you can. Like, don't let anything, like, don't say, no, it's too early to do this, it's too early to do that. Or don't even, also, don't even think that because of his disability, he's not going to do this and he's not going to do that. What Haider has shown us, he's just like any other regular kid. He's just doing things on his own time. Like, I remember I I, I got stressed out. I saw his baby cousin clapping and he wasn't clapping yet. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to make him clap, you know? And now, like, okay, so he holds my hands together and he claps them. So, like, I know he's reciprocating, you know, but, like, he's doing it in his own way. So he's going to be unique and special, and he's going to do things, but it's just going to take a little longer, and I'm just going to have to accept it as a parent. So. And you're going to get a lot of, like, the older age people or some other people tell you, no, don't do this or don't do that or too early for this or you shouldn't be doing Just do your thing. Do like, your thing, yeah. Like, just you're the parent. You know you what know you want. Best. Just start early. Do whatever you can, and like, don't let anybody tell you you can't do this or that. Just do it, basically. So I'm gonna tell you guys right now. You have a great mindset. Uh, it's still the beginning, but you guys are, you know, going strong. Like you're, uh, you're being very proactive about everything that Haider is gonna do now and setting him up for the future as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the most important things. I'm sure Hassan, you have experience with this already, but a lot of times the parents will be a little bit afraid. Uh, like they don't want to push them a little bit out of their comfort zone, you know, yeah. uh, kids with disabilities. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's a difference between, you know, doing things safely mm-hmm. and making sure that, you know, health and safety is the number one thing versus like, no, you know, like uh, I'm going to do everything for this person. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that's very important to push them a little bit out of their comfort zone and do things that will help them grow and also make them happier. Because mm-hmm. I'll give you one example with my sister. Uh, she used to go down the stairs uh, she'd put both of her hands on the same railing and then she'd go step by step with both feet, right? Okay, it's understandable. Nobody's going to push her out of the way or, any, you know, force yeah. her to f- jump down. <laughs> um, but, you know, as I was growing up, I'm like, you know what? We can work on this. This is yeah. something we can work on. So slowly but surely, I taught her, you know, like, okay, put one on the put one hand on the railing, right? And then take step by step, even if you go slow, right? The, the, the point is, like, you can do it. And, I'll, of course, I stood next to her. I made sure, you know, it was safe and everything, but... Uh, you know, after a little bit of practicing and doing that, she that she began began to go down the stairs, yeah. you know, like that. Exactly. Uh, and and I was very happy, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was too. She's like, yeah, I can do it, you know. Like, and if she yeah. can do something like that, she'll start thinking like, oh, I can do a lot more. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, just giving that opportunity and, and knowing that uh, they can do a lot, and 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 not only you guys knowing that they can do a lot and having that confidence in them, but them having that confidence themselves and yes. building throughout the years yeah. will also go a long way in expanding their mindset and what they want to do and how they want to interact and all that. So. Yeah, because sometimes as parents, we limit them. They don't limit themselves. Sometimes right. we're like, 
no, no, he'll fall. No, no, he's not ready for that. And like sometimes I catch myself doing that, and then I have Hassan to like be like, no, you have to let him. Like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, one word so, I I hear a lot, and I like don't like to hear it is when you, they say haram. Mm -hmm. Like that's the that you hear that a lot. Like you do something haram, or like even my sister growing up, like we used to discipline her. Like a lot of times, like they feel like you shouldn't discipline them. No, they're it's fine to discipline them. There's nothing wrong with that. But you would get a lot of haram. Let her do that. Let her like, that's that's not the way to go. Like, they need to be disciplined. Like, mm -hmm. it's fine. It's okay. It's nothing wrong with that. They're just kids growing up. Right. So you also the, don't. Yeah. yeah, the communities they use that a lot. That word haram, which I don't like. Yeah, uh, yeah haram. I also hear. I recently learned. I've been interacting with more Iraqis, and they say khatiya. Yeah, so, khatiya. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just different versions yeah. of limiting. Yeah, any exactly. kid's potential, yeah. Yeah. and like you said, um, the more you limit them, the less they'll be capable of, of doing things and reaching their full potential. Yeah. And they take advantage of that, like they hear people. Yeah, supporting because they're them smart, and defending them. They're, they're like, very yeah, smart. I don't yeah. Do this. yeah, I got. They I don't have back. to. Like, I have a disability. Like no, like they'll start you pushing can do back. This. Yeah. So. Yeah, one one idea we try to emphasize a lot on this podcast and just in general is disability does not equal inability. Exactly. A lot of people conflate those two ideas. Um, I think this is a good time to take a break, um, and then we'll start our second uh, part. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you or someone you know would be interested in being a guest on the podcast, or if you have any feedback, please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at dreamdearborn, or on our website at dreamdearborn.org, or on our email at disabilitiesproject at umich.edu. Thank you. All right, so welcome back to Discovering Disabilities in Dearborn. Uh, we're having a great discussion with Jamida and Hassan about Haidar and Down syndrome in general. So we've talked about a lot of facts when it came to Down syndrome, but let's talk about some misconceptions. Are there any common misconceptions that you guys have heard uh, with respect to Down syndrome? Um, yeah, I think I'll go first. Sure. Um, one misconception I've heard from like the older generation is um, Allah Yishfi. So basically, um, may like may God erase his sickness. I guess that's how I would translate it. And Down syndrome is not a sickness. It's a genetic disorder. It'll never go away with him from him. He he was born with Down syndrome, and will have Down syndrome his whole life. Um, so I I I just wanted to like shed some light on that. Like um, you 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 can't you can't wish someone out of Down syndrome. Um, I don't know if you, if you wanted to. Add on. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of misconceptions, I guess, with disabilities, and like one with specifically with Down syndrome, you could say is that they're. I guess you could say they're always happy, or they don't have any emotions, or like they don't want something, or they just they'll take whatever they want, the, whatever you give them. So, outside, when like they're in front of people, you could see that because. Maybe they're they're like looking for that attention so that you could see that they're just happy and doing stuff. But realistically, they do have a lot of emotions. They go through a lot. They get mad. They get sad. They get they want stuff. They need stuff. Like it's they'll have every emotion we go through and everything through. everything we go through they go through mm -hmm. like every little thing. And I see that with my sister, like everything. Like you can't exclude anything. So I want to talk about the point of Allah Yishfi, uh real quickly. So this kind of goes to the topic of people reacting when they see Haidar or any other individual with Down syndrome. 
how do you want somebody to respond when they see him? How do, how do you want people to approach a person with Down syndrome or any given disability for that matter? So I'm going to be very careful, like, like how I word this. Like, it, it bothers me when someone just erases it because it's there. And it bothers me when people think like it's awkward that they can't say it because I'm going to get mad. And I'm sure others feel differently about this. Um, I think like... I think like just approach them like how you would approach any other kid and if you have questions just ask you know twice in the grocery store i was like asked by like um people that i even know like oh does he have a disability one time he was sitting in the grocery cart it was the first time i ever put it in there and he was slouching he wasn't sitting right so um it caught someone's attention and she was she came up to me and she was like does he have a disability and i was happy i explained it i was like yeah he has down syndrome and um he has low muscle tone and that's why he's sitting like that and it was fine, you know. So, um, so if you if you have questions, just ask. Even you, even if um, the person or the kid with Down syndrome is able to like communicate, even ask them. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure Hiba wouldn't mind yeah, explaining Hiba, things yeah. about herself. So I, I, I actually think she would like it to somebody ask her, yeah. like, "What do you have?" She'll say it. And like, don't act like it's invisible. Yeah. Like, like, don't act like it's something that's like like aib or haram, like something that's not good. Like, you know, it's. I know it could be tricky because some people would be like, oh, I don't want to hurt the parents' feelings by saying something. But like like Jamili said, don't erase it and just make try to like be awkward and like act as if there's nothing wrong. Because no, they have a disability. Like it's there. But don't, I guess, don't treat the baby differently. differently. Like, like don't the like, kid or like the, if I say he can't have, he can't have, candy like don't say no haram he can have candy like he's gonna cry he wants candy yeah so is so is any other kid gonna cry for candy you know yeah so so right. yeah. go ahead Thank you. <laughs> uh, so yeah like you ha you need to have a question ask a question to learn more right so mm -hmm. so learning is like the first step of, of being able to be a change you know and make a change so Haidar you know throughout his life you guys have already learned so much right Yes. Uh, you know, after one year, but throughout his life, inshallah, a long life, healthy life, he's gonna teach you guys so many more things. And uh, and with that knowledge, you guys, inshallah, when you have more time, uh, you're gonna be able to take it a step further and be an example mm -hmm. to other parents and, and other people around the world. Uh, and, and hopefully encourage them as well, not to shy away from questions and ask those questions, ask, whether it's asking you guys those questions or other people, right? And also when, someone with a disability is that close to us, uh, we, we can learn so much from them. And we do learn so much from yeah. them, right? And not only are they learning about life, you know, uh, at the stage that they're in and as they grow, but you guys are learning a lot about yourselves too, right? Uh, and that'll continue to happen uh, throughout the years. Um, and another thing I want to say is, like, by them being that teaching point for you or, or you learning from them in that way, you're also learning one of the most important things in the world, which is how to love, right? Mm -hmm. Not just to love, but how to love. So yeah. like the person, you, it's not a matter of you just saying like, oh, this person is in our heart, but this person is our heart, right? So so you grow as a person and you, you can pass that along to so many people, um, including Haidar and inshallah in the future, maybe his siblings, if you guys are you know okay. planning for more, but also family members, friends, all that. And, and that's how, this thing, what we're doing right now, is going to be able to grow into so much more. I, I actually wanted to add to something that you said about like um, loving for the person and not like for the disability. Like, that's like so important because like 
like even me like as a mom like i'm gonna share something very personal like i told hassan i was like what if i love him more than his other future siblings because he has a disability like that wouldn't be fair you know but then i learned like no i'm gonna love him for him not for his disability you know so i think that's that's very important and it's 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 something that we all need to learn to do so so we often treat individuals with with disabilities different and I know, Hassan, you were mentioning uh, your experiences with your sister who um, has had Down syndrome for a long time because uh, she was just born much earlier than Haider, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so Hiba, tell us a little bit about Hiba and the idea of people treating her differently and maybe sometimes even taking advantage of, of her or the misconceptions that they had uh, about her. Yeah, so I mean, Hiba, she's 20, I think, Jamili mentioned earlier she's 25. I think she's 26 or 27, so in that range. I have to do the math, but it's okay now. <laughs> so um, she's very, like, she's easily, like, she'll be content with anything, like, she does. She'll be happy with anything you do or anything you give her. So, I mean, we're all guilty, including me, of taking advantage of that. So, like, she would basically, we would be going out, and, like, it would be something that we feel like she can't handle. So we would just talk to talk to her and talk her out of wanting to go with us. And she'll be happy and just go by her day. And then we'll just go and have that fun or whatever we were intending to do. But I feel like that's, like, I still feel to this day that's taking advantage of her. So, like, at the end of the day, like, they're not intending harm for her, obviously. Like, they're, it's at the end of the day, it's good for her. But I think what Hassan's trying to say is, like, with, like, another kid with disability, you wouldn't be able to do that. Like, you wouldn't be able to convince them out of, like, what they already wanted to do. So, yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and I feel like sometimes we're assuming that she yeah, can't do we it. we are, yeah. Like, yeah. if it's a long walk, we're assuming she can't go for that. We know sometimes she can't, but, like, sometimes she gets the power and she does it. So we're assuming that she won't be able to do it. So from, again, with good intent, we would tell her not to and convince her not to. And she would be happy. She'll be happy and like nothing. She'll be fine. She'll be yeah. fine with it. But it's just like, I feel like that's, in my opinion, that's taking advantage of her. Or like if it was somebody else without a disability, you won't be able to do that. No matter, even if you know they can't do it, if they want to go, you can probably not take them, but it wouldn't be convincing them. Yeah, like they like, wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah, it would be a would fight. Be like, yeah. yeah. For yeah. them, it's like you can easily. Sh and then the thing is, you can see it later. She'll bring it up later. Like you went without me. Uh, like it's true that you got her happy at that second and she was content with it. She won't forget. But she won't yeah. for She doesn't forget yeah. it at all. Yeah. Like yeah. their memory. Just that's like, one just thing. Just like that, how we have good memory if something, if someone hurts us or someone, they do yeah. too, you know? But I don't know. I, I feel like her memory for specific things that she wants to remember is extremely good. Like, she'll bring that up. If you don't take her or don't do something for her, she'll be happy the second you try to convince her, but she'll bring it up. She'll be like, you went without me, or why didn't you take me yet? Like, one thing you can tell them is, and I hate that, we, that that happens, but just to be honest, one thing you can say is like, we'll take you later. She'll be, she'll get convinced. She'll come back and she'll be like, you said you'll take me later. Like, why haven't you taken me? Like, so and that's like, that's something that people think like you can do that. But no, like they have, they'll come back. They, they're they happy at that second, but they do go through all the emotions and like they do get mad, sad after the fact. Or like 
they'll we'll go and we'll get a call from my mom and be like, why didn't you take Hiba? She's sad. Like, you, you convinced her at that second, but she's gonna go through her emotions. So that's that's something I feel like it's people take advantage, and it's it's a combination of a misconception and taking advantage of their disability. I also wanted to shed some light on the fact that like. Um, we always like forget that there are people and like just like us they have needs and and they have feelings and they have emotions like um, for instance Hiba's dream is to get married you know so anytime someone gets married or talk talks about marriage or talks about like things like that like she gets like emotional about it you know and um, I, I just I just feel like we forget like we forget that they're able to feel all those feelings just as we can you know so um, I think it goes to that point that you mentioned about putting the disability first over the human first. And yeah. in so doing, we forget to be inclusive exactly. and allow them to reach their full yeah. potential. So it's a, it's a very important point. Mm -hmm. And to, to that point too, and I guess this might, so some people like they'll take, like we were going back to the point where people will take advantage of them or think they can do stuff with them that they can't do with other kids. Like some people would take advantage of that and start joking about that topic. Okay. Like they'll bring it up and joke about it. But the person that they're joking with, like the disability, the person with the disability, they're, they're getting hurt. They're getting like hurt. They're feeling you're hurting. Like they might feelings. be laughing with you and like joking around, but like they're gonna go back home, sit in their room, and they're gonna be hurt about it. Like they know that they're different. Like uh, with kids with Down syndrome, at least, or people with Down syndrome, like that specific, like. Like, she knows she's different, you know? I could see that in Hiba. Obviously, I cannot see that in Haidar yet because he doesn't know yet. But but she knows she's different, you know? And, like, you ask her, why are you different? Allah khala'ni hek. Like, you know? And so, like, that's also another thing that, like, like I feel like we need to talk about. Like, like Allah didn't, didn't, like, make them have a disability to, like, burden us or to, like, um, in a way, like, like oh you did something in your in your life and now God is giving you this baby with a disability so you can become a better person. No, did the universe ever? has laws. The egg and sperm came together and this happened. You know like why would God give me a baby that is going to go through a lot to like discipline me? Like yeah. just like you know think about that first. Makes yeah, no the sense. The logic is very flawed. Yeah, There's so, many many other ways. Yeah, for, for so God's that's like that's a misconception. Yeah, and Jamili yeah. got that a lot. And that was she like got very that feeling or no no she got those from those people. comments yeah, yeah those okay. comments. comments before okay. the baby yeah. was even born so she was going through all that way before and like as a mom and like her pregnancy and everything and i was just trying to figure out like what it is that it i affected did her i was like what did i do like yeah she like, started yeah. thinking about it and like and like they almost had me convinced that it was a burden and it's not it's not it's it's absolutely a gift i've changed so much since like i've had haidar and since I've like, it grounded me, it humbled me, it really did. And I'm sure Hassan could say the same. Like, yeah, no, he's, it's, it's, it's way different than what I expected when um, I was pregnant. It's a lot better. I'm very blessed that he's very healthy and stuff. But, um, but you know, just those comments as a expecting parent, they get to you um, as a woman who's pregnant with like, like different hormones and different feelings. So like, I'm sure everybody knows that like, it's, it's very hard. It, it wasn't easy. And that's what I want to tell, like, like accept, expecting parents. Like, like, don't listen to anyone. Just ground yourself and just try to say that 
the best is to come and that's all you could really do at that point yeah yeah about like don't listen to anybody i don't know if this is going to go a little off topic a little bit but i did want to bring it up <laughs> so we got a lot also saying like it's not nothing bad but like we had people i think it was a doctor that told us like you're going to have so much time and you're going to be able to just relax a lot because he's going to be a little delayed with doing stuff Haider wasn't like that we i think at like <laughs> four months he was rolling over <laughs> so and that's I, the thing like there's no general rule so for yeah. parents expecting you're going to hear a lot like they'll do this they'll do that there is no set time like the numbers they'll give you is just based on statistics, statistics. yeah every kid is different accurate, they're yeah. all gonna do different they're all gonna do things at different times like Haider was crawling at he's like army crawling yeah, yeah. At like 10 months i think and not to mention that you guys had a big role in those milestones for sure yeah. and if you guys just sat back and let those milestones come when when they would come then he wouldn't have been able to maybe yeah possibly yeah, yeah. Possibly, but that's also yeah. the thing like he could have possibly just done that on his own like that's the thing yeah. where there is no like but we weren't leaving it to chance like yeah, there, like us like we, i would recommend yeah. like doing going taking the initiative and like yeah. to make sure like you help him reach those milestones but like there's times where the physical therapist told us like let's stop and see what he can do on his own like that's also something you want to do like you want to push the kid but you also want to give them a chance to see what they can do on their own and i think once we stopped like he started I forgot what is it what he did but i think there was something he yeah, was rolling I was over like, i think we stopped yeah. and then he, he and we then stopped he for two over, months and yeah. he just rolled over after and like two that's months. that's what we were working he on just was rolling did, over he just did it himself so sometimes they just need the time to do something so just give them the time but at the same time i don't know if that makes sense like yeah, push them but at the same time don't like overdo it like give them their They're time kids to at do the end kids. of the day yeah. he's just a baby like yeah so it's very important that you know the parents you guys continue to push the child uh and and you know help them grow uh one thing that i i love so much is that if you look at all of the the people who have made a difference in the world like changing the, ho the whole world literally by you know creating or inventing something a lot of them do have disabilities mm -hmm. right so uh so by you helping the child right now you could be helping the entire world yeah, yeah. So, yeah. going back to milestones i kind of want to talk to you guys because i personally don't have any siblings with Down syndrome or immediate family members, uh, but just when when it comes to language development, when is that typically expected for for a a kid with Down syndrome? So um, the mom bloggers that I've seen have been a were able to get speech therapy way before I was able to get it for Haidar um, at U of M because we we do everything through U of M. I don't know if I mentioned that we weren't able to get it till after his first birthday. Yeah. so we, we actually have our speech therapy appointment coming up tomorrow. it's tomorrow yeah so um we're gonna like we're gonna hear more about that i don't i don't think i have a specific answer do you no i don't think i have for that we don't have like dates where they told us when he would do yeah. it but he's been very vocal he's been very yeah, yeah. like and we asked about just communication what he's like, when it comes to communication and like the vowels he's supposed to be saying we feel like he's not too off yeah like he's actually like they told us like the mama baba stuff should come at this age he he wasn't too far off from that so we feel like he's been doing good but yeah we don't have an idea of yeah. and i think it's it is different also yeah it, it it's definitely it like I, I i feel what i've noticing is every he'll do everything as just like slower 
Um, but what I did notice is a lot of um, people with Down syndrome usually do have like a speech impediment or um, may use sign language versus like um, actually like being able to talk and stuff. So we're kind of not sure yet with Haidar. So this is one of the things that actually scares me. But um, we have that appointment coming up tomorrow. So we'll know more tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think Jamili, one of her goals is to have him in two languages yeah i so. want him to be able to speak arabic and english yeah. like because my sister only speaks <laughs> arabic. arabic yeah okay. so she can speak english but like she's not as fluent yeah, yeah and she won't like she can't have a full conversation in, in, uh, english. in english yeah, She'll yeah. Have, it has to be in arabic or somebody yeah. has to like kind of help her out yeah. I, I was just gonna yeah. i was just gonna make a comment and say uh my niece and nephew they both have autism i know it's different um but my niece who is younger uh, she's starting to talk right now, and my nephew, he's uh, he's six years old. Uh, I, I read that you know around six or seven is when you know uh, a lot of kids with autism begin to speak, but he's he doesn't speak yet, but he does like he communicates very well in terms of like if he wants something, you you'll know he wants it. Yeah. You know, just by actions or by pointing or something yeah. like that. You know, so uh, you know I'm not sure how it's gonna be for Haidar. Uh, my sister does speak obviously with some you know with some impairments, but. Uh, the communication is there, like the the, the nice, yeah. the cool thing yeah. about That's the they, like they always have a I'm, way. I'm actually exactly. glad you brought that up because there's a difference between speech and uh, communication. Mm -hmm. So like I tell Hassan, I was like, okay, he's very vocal, and I know like there's something there. But sometimes I feel like I can't communicate with him, like because um, I have a four-year-old brother. So I remember very well when he was at that age, like he would like if he wanted more of the food, I would like he would point to it and he would like. And we started teaching him how to wave and, and things like that. And he was doing them, you know. But Haidar still isn't, like, yeah. there yet. So hopefully he will be in, like, the next couple of months. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so. that's true, yeah. Across all these, like, therapies that you guys are taking Haidar to, it, it seems like you guys are doing a lot. So how do you, how does you, how do you guys manage your typical day being that you're a medical student, you're an engineer? I know you said that. You took some time off, yeah. uh, but but tell tell us like how a typical day works and how you guys manage to do so much. I could tell you from now it's all Hassan. <laughs> no, that's not true. But I guess I guess to kick it off is one thing that helped me a lot is going back COVID. Like I know COVID hurt a lot of people, <laughs> but for Haidar, COVID kind of helped because I'm working from home, so like. I'm able to go to appointments a lot more. Like I'm able to take him, like I'm able to step away instead of driving, like my used to work downtown. So I can only imagine if I had an appointment, I would have to drive back home and then drive him to the appointment. But like the fact that I'm home is, makes it a lot easier for me to take him and go. And of course, Jamili, whenever she has time, she does go. I took, I mean, I, I took a whole year um, off for like the baby and stuff. And like when we found out we were, um, like we were gonna have, different um challenges and stuff so i just took more time off um like like during that time i still like um had to study and stuff because i didn't want to like um you know i wanted to stay like current like i don't i don't want to just take a year off like I, at the end of the day i'm in in medical school so i can't just like let go of everything so so it was hard like but just hassan's job being so good was very helpful and um Hassan's parents moved from New York and um, they've been like a huge help. Um, his mom and his sister. Um, sometimes if I can't make it to things like swimming because he's in swimming classes and stuff. His sister, um, so like Haidar's uh, Amto, she goes with him and stuff. So um, 
You said Haider isn't swimming? Yeah, yeah. Haider isn't swimming. He's been in swimming yeah. for three months. We're taking a break now because he kept getting sick a little bit. Like, we, we got him in swimming first thing because it's supposed to improve muscle tone. Okay. Yeah, and so swimming days are usually hard because, you know, like, he swims and then we have to, like, shower him and stuff like that. So so um, shout out to his Amto Sara. She yeah. always helps out with that. Yeah, no, she's, they've been a great help. Because, yeah. like, like, I know we have to go to those therapy appointments, but most of the work is at home. Yeah, so and they've been doing most of the Hassan's mom puts a lot. My mom and sister, they've been doing most of the workload with that. So like somebody supporting is very good. It really both parents work. Yeah, it helps the child. It really does take a village, especially like with a child with like a disability, and and both parents like being busy. Like for me, like the mom guilt always gets me. Like I always say, like oh, I'm not doing enough. Like I need to do more. But then I say like. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing this at the end of the day for him, and inshallah, in the future, I can, I can give him way more of my time, and you know, just, just have something there for him. So, yeah, I try to block off my calendars when I know there's an appointment, and like, thank God, my work is pretty cool about it. I just mm-hmm. have to tell them like I have to step away. They're totally fine. With and me. we, we try to do appointment days like together. Like we, we, I try like to go with him to the appointments and stuff, and. We get some ding tea and you know just have a yeah, good time because it's <laughs> a drive to Ann Arbor. So. Yeah, it's tiring and it's like it's like sometimes we have back to back appointments. It's like it's 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 not always fun, but yeah, like because when we first started, we were doing physical therapy twice a week and, and occupational, then, and then we later on we introduced occupational therapy, so it was three times a week. Yeah. So it was we were going three times a week to Ann Arbor, so it was very like time consuming, but. It's worth it. I actually just remembered something that I wanted to bring up for any moms that are expecting a child with um, Down syndrome. Um, there is no research or help about like being able to breastfeed a baby with Down syndrome. It is possible. Uh, I wasn't able to do it. I didn't have like the right resources. And um, what I know now, like I could have probably done it from, from before. Um, reach out to a um, speech pathologist for breastfeeding a baby with down syndrome because um those are like the people that can can help you which i i didn't know so so as we were saying there's always like so much more that you could know and so much more resources that you can find yeah like the like at u of m they kind of told us some of that stuff but i'm pretty sure at other hospitals they don't even mention that yeah so that's something important like sometimes the hospitals if they're not well they don't have that like a, f- a special group for that kind of stuff they won't know what to tell you or what like yeah. those research those initial resources they won't give you them like for us we even had like someone come in and check that like he was sitting in his car seat right because you know the low muscle tone and like just having like the stability for the neck and stuff and like we would have never known to do that you know so uh, it's it's the little things that you yeah. that you don't really think about um that comes with with extensive research um so so it's really good that ann arbor has those resources and i think dearborn is improving um in that regard and hopefully as we grow we can offer more resources but i just wanted to say that dream our organization could have easily been uh, an organization solely for down syndrome or solely for autism or any any of these various disabilities because it's so broad but we're what we're trying to do is learn from you guys and and get other experts to talk about these yeah, different yeah. topics yeah. i think like the the best comment i've gotten through this journey was um from someone very like dear to my heart um he told me he was like 
he was like, think of this as a chance for you to create something for people with this disability. And inshallah, that's like my intent for the future. So um, it's all about perspective. Yeah, yeah, and I think with with your professions, you guys have a lot to offer um, through through your fields. Um, easily with medicine, I don't know exactly about the engine. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there are different avenues <laughs> that you can take. Uh, but yeah, um, I think I covered most of the questions that I had. Um, I don't know if Rashad had any other comments or questions. Uh, it's a little bit like off, you know, the current topic that we're talking about, but. Uh, do you guys see Haidar like becoming an educator in the future? Like like teaching about Down syndrome and, and disabilities in general? Do you do you think that would I know we talked about goals and stuff, but aside from goals, like do you think this is something that uh maybe he could even like team up with your sister Hiba to to do, you know, to pursue and teach other people? Honestly, this would like me, like if I can if someone can ask Haidar like why are you like this? And he could say because of this, this, and explain like what happened to his chromosomes. Like that would be my dream. I don't want to teach him like this is how God made you and that's it. No, there's a science behind it, and um, and yeah, like that's one of my hopes for his future is to be an educator, and um, and give back and just. And yeah. So. Speaking of that being your dream, uh, <laughs> we always like to um, ask towards the end of our podcast. It's called the dream segment. We like to call it, but. Uh, what is your dream in general? It doesn't have to be related to disability specifically. It doesn't have to be related to Haidar specifically. But if, if it is, it's okay. But dream in general for the future. Um, yeah. What, what is your dream? My dream is, I think I already talked a little bit about this, is that later on when someone in the Dearborn community is expecting someone with a disability, they're not told to leave the community. They're told to come here. And they're told this is the spot to be for your kids. So that's actually like my dream, and um, it's just something that really settled with me when 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 I had Haidar and I was just asking around and the feedback I got and stuff. So I don't know, Hassan, what your dream is, but <laughs> I, mean, I can't really. So in general, I guess with Haidar, if I wanted to say a dream with Haidar is, I guess the whole like to be able to communicate everything he wants in the easiest way possible for Haidar. And I guess just to have that, I hope I'm going to get it. I don't see why not. But like just to have that father-son relationship in general with the sports and with all that stuff, like I'm going to, I know I'm going to put all my effort to like make him get to that. So I really like sports. So I really want to try to get him to do a lot in that part of it. I think one day you will be able to. Yeah. Um, my sister is with the Special Olympics, and and they always like go bowling, play basketball. They haven't done it since like COVID started, but um, there are you know uh, ways for that to happen, and even at home, of course. So uh, I think you you will definitely be that figure for him. Um, and uh, and also, I just wanted to comment, like the way you guys answer that question, despite me saying you know it doesn't have to be related specifically to height or specifically to disabilities, the fact that you mentioned height specifically, both of you. Uh, it like it came from the heart so i just wanted to reiterate what we were saying earlier about like how you know how having a a child in general can change your life but how having a child with a disability can can impact it even more yeah. you know and in for different sure. ways as well yeah. yeah oh very beautiful very beautiful uh comments and uh dreams <laughs> the, the pun is clearly intended um 
no, you guys have been great. And like Rashad just said, everything you guys said came from your heart. And I think uh, our audience is definitely going to benefit from from what you have said and what you shared with us. We personally learned a lot and we're supposedly quite knowledgeable in, in this area, right? But we, we've learned so much. It's different to research something and, and read articles about it. And it's another thing to learn firsthand from those who have experienced it. So thank you guys a lot for, for your time and uh, for talking to us today. Thank you guys for having us and, and creating this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's amazing. And of course, I mean, if any of the audience want to reach out to us or reach out to you and want to reach out to us, I mean, we're fully open. Like, that's something we would love to do. So, And with that, this has been Discovering Disabilities in Dearborn with Jamila and Hassan. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much to our viewers for watching. Stay tuned for the next episodes. Uh, follow us on our socials at Dream Dearborn, Instagram and Facebook, and also on our website, dreamdearborn.org uh, and we'll see you on the next episode.